wanna get high, man. Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello! And welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. California Dream. Rojan Kim. I've taken a sojourn, a hiatus, a sabbatical, if you will, part of my New Year's resolution of taking six weeks off of podcasting or doing anything creative in order to cleanse the palate, get me going on my way. You know, I don't think it's really New Year's until after Chinese New Year's. So, gung hoi fat choi, everybody. Xin yin kuai le. Okay, it's China. We're Chinese now. We're all Chinese. Yay! Now it's just. I mean, I guess technically you are what you eat, and you probably are what you consume, in terms of a consumer. And everything we consume is made from China. So, in that sense, we are Chinese. Um, we are Chinese in the sense that. I feel like a good metaphor for understanding the Chinese mentality, at least this point in time, the Chinese are an ancient culture. Um, they had all kinds of different values. Uh, in fact, like 180 degrees from what we have now, they used to be um, really into quality. Chinese stuff was super well-made, um, sought after all over the world. You know, I'm talking about silk. I'm talking about silverware. I'm talking about uh, China, you know, like Ming vases, you know, things like that. Really high quality, highfalutin, high art, civilized. You know what I mean? Not like cheap, you know, 100, you know, making 100 million units of something or whatever. So I was an editor uh, or I, I edit. I've edited video in my past life. Um, I was working on a movie. I was overseas in Shanghai. And every day, the fucking hard drive cable would fail. It would just fail. It would just stop working, you know? So, and this is a problem I've never had with any hard drive cable, like a Firewire cable or whatever, ever. Yeah? I've been editing, like, I don't know, some five years up to that, that point. You know, whatever. In, in all my time as an editor, I had never experienced anything like that in America. So, I asked... The producer, or whatever, I was like, hey, uh, can I get a hard drive cable, you know? And he would give me a new one, and that one would break. And then finally, I was like, can you just get me one cable that works? And this was his answer. He said, no, I can't get you one really good cable, but I can get you a hundred shitty ones. Right? So that's that's really the mentality. That's the mentality of... Uh, See, this is a tough thing because I'm not trying to say that like all the Chinese think this way, but I think incentives breed behavior. You see what I'm saying? Like back in the day, back hundreds of years ago, there was no incentive to making lots of cheap goods and cheapifying everything and then exporting it. That's not that's not what was um, doing it in terms of success for the Chinese, right? The Chinese were making lots of money on really high-end goods that people wanted from all over the world, right? People, they, they were known for making things like gunpowder, fireworks, things that no one else could get, and so they, they, they commanded a very high value for their products. You know, they're like, um, I don't know, like Japanese now or French or whatever, you know, the, the high-end Italian 
goods, you know, th- these countries that are, they're not considered economic powerhouses per se or industrial giants, right? But they make things, very particular things that people want, and they'll pay a lot of money for them. And um, China used to be like that. Now China, of course, is, uh, it's like everything is cheap as fuck, and man, I'm just like rambling about China. Um, I don't know why. Why am I rambling about China? Well, Chinese New Year, Year of the Rabbit. I hope everybody is um, rabbiting, doing the rabbit things. What do rabbits do? They, I guess they fuck a lot, so hope you're fucking like the rabbit. It's the year of the rabbit. Get out there, start fucking. Get out there and start fucking, you fucking bunnies. All right. Well, look, listen. What is a rabbit? Um, a rabbit is... <laughs> I don't know why. I'd, why am I going on this? Ta- okay, here's the issue. <clears throat> I have a thing right here. I like wrote stuff down. Nothing I'm talking about right now is on this list. China... China rabbits like none of this is I'm just all right so I gotta get it together Iraq discipline that's Iraq Iraq discipline and uh must stay discipline for the wrist and the wrist okay what does it say here on the list um this is what I wanted to talk about. oh right just wanted to talk about how we're all so obsessed with data Right, it's a data obsession. Data, uh, everything's like, you know, you got analytics. You used to be able to just tweet, you know, you tweet stuff, <clears throat> you know, you tweet jokes, one-liners. Yeah, I didn't care. Just throw them out there. You know, I get likes, whatever. But now, now you get analytics. Now you get your impressions. You get to see how many people looked at it, clicked at it, you know, clicked on it. Maybe how long they've. Soon you'll be able to get the same analytics that they have using their algorithms. So we'll get to see uh, where people's eyeballs were pointed, right? You'll get a little feed of the camera pointing at their face as they're using Twitter and looking at your tweet. And you can see what words, you know, the analytics will be like, ooh, point two seconds extra on the word, I don't know, homosexual. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. But you know what I'm saying? Like all the data that they have, they're going to have even better data. And so in order to provide a product, in order to provide something that seems like it's giving us value in terms of collecting all the data, they'll give us these analytics that they have already because they'll have better ones. They're always going to have an edge. So they'll sort of make the ones they have now public while they have their more advanced algorithms. So whatever they have now that they're using to track us, you can expect it to be rolled out to consumer, right? So we're going to have analytics of the people's fucking, uh, you can see where the eyeballs go. You can see how fast they um, tap on something when you have a keyword or a link or something. You can see um, how, if they get angry, if they get sad. You can see, Basically, you get to look inside their minds using all the data. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Isn't that what we want? We want just information in order to read everyone's minds, in order to see what all their unconscious behaviors are in order to more, um, I don't know, more efficiently sell them things, more efficiently control their behavior, guide their behavior, manipulate them, perhaps get them to do something they might not have otherwise done, like 
assassinate the queen of England. Um, that was naked gun. Anyway, um, I guess, yeah, uh, the updated version of naked gun, the Leslie Nielsen character, um, you know, it isn't like a Manchurian candidate thing where he's got a keyword. It'll just be like a key tweet or something, right? He'll get a tweet. He'll get a tweet and then he's like, must kill the queen. You know, that's sort of how, what better way to get into our minds now than to use the very device that we rely on as a second mind or a second brain. What better way to, right, infect the brains of humanity than by using their little, uh, like, side brain that they have, their little, it's like a sidecar. It's like a sidecar on a motorcycle. We used to be two-wheeled motorcycles, just zooming around, right, just zooming around in space, and then suddenly we're like, hey, why don't we put a little sidecar on there? Get a little buddy in there, basically. You know, you could ask it anything, yet you need to know what time it is, right? There was a time when people don't have watches. They just go to the town square, look at the sundial, and be like, what time is that? Yeah, and somebody who was really good at sundials would be like, ah, that's, it's like one. Yeah, that, that's, or they'd be like, it's nighttime. We have no idea what time it is. It's just nighttime. What's the point of telling the time until the sun comes up? We get, the sundial doesn't work, right? I guess at that point you might use a candle or some kind of fire clock, I suppose. But I think back then you probably didn't really care as much, right? Like as soon as the sun went down, you weren't like, oh, I better make sure by 8 I do this or that. You know, like I, I think then it was just nighttime. And then when daytime came, you got your, you know, your daybreak, you got your noon and then dawn or and then dusk right you got you got fucking pretty much three points in the day and then you work around it you don't really need to know every single little minute right i mean that didn't come until i guess we made an hourglass until we got you know our ocd i feel like um being ocd was probably a, a strategic or adaptable advantage right like some kind of evolutionary advantage that we have to make patterns, make sense of patterns, um, to crave patterns, to continually create order and chaos. Makes sense. But then you could see how that might go a little out of whack. Maybe we get a little too OCD. Like, do we have to know every single little thing? Do we have to know everything? It's, by having to know everything, it's like we know nothing, right? All the mystery is gone. I think part of learning is failure, right? Part of knowing is not knowing. Part of attaining some certainty is going through uncertainty, right? There's like a push and pull dynamic through all of this, and that's completely robbed from us now. We, and especially if you do it with the kids, right? I feel like I might have been the last generation who didn't have information at my fingertips when I was growing up, where you just didn't know. You called a, a telephone number to find the time. Right, like remember, you you had to call, and it'd be like at the tone, the time would be beep, and you're like, up, oh, that's the time. <laughs> like that's that's what we used to do because it wasn't so important that we knew everything. We didn't have to know everything. In fact, anybody who was like that was a crazy person. Imagine back in the '80s or '90s, 
right? Somebody is just like, I need to know what time it is right now. I need to know what the weather is in Denver. I need to know what, uh, what is my stock price doing? I need to know what the stock price doing is right now. What's the price? What's that? You know, like that would be a crazy person. Now that's just like a mom. That's just like a regular, like, that's like an old person now, right? Old people are all stuck on their phones. Middle-aged people, all, people of all ages. But at least the old and middle-aged had a time. At least they know better, right? At least they know that, like, Jesus Christ, this is junk food for my brain. I'm just cramming junk food in my brain. Because, you know, you grew up in a time where TV was supposed to be bad for your brain. And sitting in front of the TV wasn't good. You should go out and play and do something. And don't rot your brain, right? Don't rot your brain. That's what they used to say. Don't rot your brain by sitting in front of that tube, that boob tube. Does anybody remember this? <laughs> anybody remember? Am I the only one who remembers this? All right. Now everybody puts screens in front of their babies immediately. Immediately because, you know, screens are very attractive and the baby shuts up. And then the parents are like, oh, thank God the baby shut up. You know, and on one level, I sympathize. I understand. It's very hard to raise a baby. It's not easy. Baby's crying. You got no idea what the fuck to do. Baby won't stop. You've done everything. You fed the baby. You you burped the baby. You changed the baby. You you played with the baby. Now the baby keeps crying. Baby keeps crying. Put the screen in front of the baby. The baby shuts up. Oh, what a godsend the screen is. What a godsend. Who, what angel delivered this beautiful piece of technology, this fire in a box that the baby can stare at? I wonder if back in the day, they just stuck babies in front of fires. Just shut the baby up. Just shut the baby up. Yeah, stick it in front of the fire. And then the baby would look at the fire, you know, just zone out looking at the fire. Of course, now the baby might try to touch the fire and then burn himself, uh, you know, and that's how baby learns. Baby learns. Don't touch the fire. Um, baby might grow up to be afraid of fire and never look at fire at all, but then back in those days, you would die. So that's, that's, that's a good way of weeding out you know, bad babies. Some babies are bad, especially if it's caveman times. You want a caveman baby, you can't have him jumping into the fire, reaching into fires. That's that's not good for cavemaning. What kind of caveman would that baby become? Either afraid of fire or not afraid enough. You know, you got to find the right balance. You got to respect the fire, but you can't be intimidated by it. You are neither its master nor its slave, right? But you have to learn how to use it. Imagine all the failures of fire in caveman times, you know, all these babies growing up, staring at the fire, being obsessed with fire, you know, thinking, hey, maybe I can, maybe I can light this whole cave up. Maybe I can warm up the whole cave, you know, maybe making bigger and bigger fires, realizing that maybe the big fire shouldn't be in the cave after killing the entire clan of people uh, from carbon monoxide poisoning. That could have, that probably happened. If you think of all the, variations of people there were and all the times they had to play with fire and really there's nothing else to do at night except play with fire probably or stick the baby in front of it you know to shut it up um you know it's a big part of life but you know fast forward to now and we're not looking at fires anymore we're looking at screens we used to look at the television you know we used to actually gather around a fire and a radio right then we got the television it's like the fire was inside the TV. Now we have these little screens. Now we have little pocket fire, little pocket pocket fires that we stick in front of our babies to stare at because they won't shut up. Shut up, baby. I feel like babies not shutting up has been a problem since the beginning of time. I mean, that can't be a new thing, right? Babies 
just being rambunctious, loud, you know, and you have to distract them or do that, do something. And sure, I guess sticking babies in front of the fire might have been a solution, but eventually you figure out that like, oh man, these babies keep burning themselves or they get uh, smoke inhalation problems. You know, they're passing out from the smoke or they're, you know, it's probably not the best idea to stick the baby in front of the fire all the time. Plus the baby's not stable. He's just rolling around and the embers are falling on him. You know, it's not a, not a good thing. So you probably had to have an elder, you know, somebody watch the babies at the fire. So now you have a bunch of people, you have like a bunch of babies sitting, watching the fire, and you have an old lady or something there watching, you know, watching the babies. And maybe the old lady gets bored and decides, you know, I'm going to tell a story. Tell a story to the babies, you know? That's what I'm going to do. Tell a, tell a story to the babies. But the thing is, this lady's not really good at telling stories. She's really bad at them. Very bad stories. Sit in front of the fire, it's getting warm, and she's going on and on about some berries she saw that might have been edible, but maybe they weren't because somebody got sick. But the other thing is that person also got sick uh, some other time when everybody ate these berries and they were fine. And so you don't know if it's really the berries. The per- you know, you're just like, is there a point to this story? Even a baby is like, is there, are we, I'm staring at, I'm trying to stare at this fire. Is there, is there, is this necessary? You know? Uh, and then the babies would cry, you know, a bunch of babies crying. Now you have a lot of babies crying in front of the fire and it's in a cave. You can imagine it's a smoky cave. There's fire in the cave. There's smoke everywhere. And now the cries of children, little babies. I don't know how many babies. Probably, let's say, just five. I don't think they'd have, like, 50. That seems too many. Too many cave babies. It's so vulnerable. Imagine a wolf came in just started tearing up babies left and right. You couldn't pick them up fast enough. Plus, like, realistically, would a baby make it in caveman times, like, as soon as it's born? What are its odds? Like, 30%, right? Like, you you know, in, in... in cities, in the 1800s, infant mortality was 50%. So I can only imagine the wild, no medicine, just dirt and animals coming after you. Um, couldn't have been that high. I, I mean, mortality, or it could have, should have been much higher. I think I bet mortality was like 80%, 70%. Oh, my God. Can you imagine going off, you know, back in the days, like some, there's some like village what am I trying to say? Okay, there are some like in- indigenous people, villagers or whatever, um, where the women, instead of making a huge deal about having a baby, they just kind of quietly go off and have a baby by themselves and come back. And maybe that makes sense, maybe from a survival perspective, because you don't want to call attention to yourself. You know, you're you're pretty vulnerable. It's a vulnerable thing. You're gonna be really loud. So maybe it's the best to just kind of try to do it quietly, go off and do it quietly like a cat giving kittens just go off in the corner but then imagine like you're being stalked by a fucking hyena or some kind of animal right so you you have the baby baby comes out and then it the animal just comes and snatches it ah snatches it and runs with it and now you're being dragged by the umbilical cord while a dingo's got your baby you know i mean it's it's rough these are rough times not great you think this lady would have better stories given that. Anyways, I don't think it's really the quality uh, of the information. It's more how it's packaged, right? So so then probably they're like, all right, let's get the old guy. Let's get the old guy in here. Get the old guy. You stick the old guy on a, on a rock in front of the fire, watching all the babies. The old guy just starts telling stories, right? Telling stories about how he 
you know, how he lost a finger to a bear or whatever, just uh, just telling, regaling the the youth with stories. So there you have, you know, you got these babies staring at the fire, getting some good story time with the old man. Their minds are probably filling with uh, imaginary visions from the story he's telling. Maybe the, the, maybe the guy, you know, uh, is drawing pictures. Maybe they're drawing pictures on the wall. All right, let's get the old lady back in here. She's a good artist. All right, throw, you know, have her draw the bear, whatever, have it on the wall. The fire's there. Now the image is kind of moving in the firelight, right, in the shadows. It, it almost looks like a moving picture. It almost looks like an image projected on a screen. Right. Fast forward to now. That's what we have. We have images projected on a screen. You got little babies looking at them. Uh, the screens are tinier. The babies are bigger. They're getting fatter. The babies are getting fatter. The screens are getting smaller. And so are their brains. So back in the day, you stick them in front of the fire, you know, maybe you hypnotize them a little bit, shut them up. But then they're also open to things like stories. Maybe that's where they learn. They learn lessons of life right? Their minds are open. Their minds are loose. They're in a semi-hypnotic state, suggestible, right? So you take that same mindset, fast forward it to now. What do you have? You have babies stuck in front of phones being hypnotized by the light, completely suggestible. Meanwhile, there are algorithms watching the baby, watching how the baby behaves, learning from the baby, and then feeding the baby back stuff, right? Meanwhile, the baby, this is what the baby is receptive to and learning about the world, that there's um, a feedback mechanism on the fire that keeps it sucked into the fire. You don't ever have to leave the fire ever. You don't know. Why do you even need real life? Everybody, even mom and dad are on the, the phone all the time. Like Everybody's on the phone. Like Why should you not be on the phone? So that's what we're going to have. We're going to have an entire generation of kids who are raised on the phone. I mean, listen, I'm part of the generation that was raised by television, and it's not pretty. Trust me, right? It's like my head is filled with jingles. My head is filled with lines from television. My head is filled with pop culture references, things. None of that is useful or of any value in any kind of survival situation. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I'm a good conversationalist with people who were born between 1965 and 1985 huh we could have a little talk we could talk we could have a good talk about you know the fawns huh remember the fawns we could talk about that we could be like where's the beef am i right all that it's a nonsense television garbage how is this going to help when you need to find food or need to make a fire right this whole time we've been staring at the phone when what we should have been doing is staring at the fire, learning how to make it. Because staring at the phone, we don't even know how to make phones. We don't even know how to make phones. We're never going to be able to replace a phone. You, you got to take it to some guy, like you break it, I fix it or something. You know, you got to take it to a screen fixing store and have them fix your phone for you. That never happened with fire. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyways. You know, you stick the kids in front of the phone, in front of the phones, at the time when their brains are learning the most, at the time when they're learning the most, and uh, the phone is also learning from them and creating this feedback mechanism, right? This sort of cybernetic organism, really, is what you're creating. You're creating a human being that is no longer a full human being without a computer, right? I mean, this is only laying the groundwork for the future when they offer to put computers inside of us and i don't think it's going to be crude like the matrix where they 
make this jack in your brain. You got to jack in with some fucking XLR cable or something. You know, that's that's silly. No one's going to do that, right? They're going to make it so that it's invisible. It just goes right in you. It's just something, you, a pill you take or something you inhale. Yeah. They, you know, someone could just, let's just release nanobots into the general population and have them just floating in the air and they just go inside you and coalesce into little microchips or whatever, little silicon parts in your brain allowing you to connect to an internet, you know, whatever, this 5G thing they're probably talking about. And then, uh, yeah, boom, you're online. Now you don't ever need to stare at a phone. The fire is now inside you. Now the fire's inside you. You don't need us to stare at the phone anymore. You can just close your eyes. You don't even have to close your eyes. You can just log on. Bleep. You know, you're online now. That's going to be great, right, for face-to-face conversation. Already, you can see how people have a lot of trouble interacting with each other, um, especially younger people. You know, you're just not... You're always on the phone. You're just not interacting with each other. And it's the time where you're learning the most to interact with people, and you're not. And you're also um, basically staying a baby, if you think about it. So, you know, because as a baby, it just means you lack the discipline um, in order to be part of society. So we got to stick you in front of a hypnotic thing, a thing that hypnotizes you so you shut up. Now we're like that uh, until we die. We're that like that. We're supposed to be like that from babies, and then you know, stop doing that, be part of society, and regulate ourselves, control yourselves, right? Now we don't do that. Now we don't need to control ourselves because every little thing, every little click, think about it. Every little click is like a little sugar morsel, right? And instead of being like, no, I'm gonna restrain myself and not have you're like, right? That's what babies do, but now babies are adults. Adults, we are now adults. Adult babies with second brains, right? And I think that two things are half as good as one, right? Having two brains, I don't think, makes us doubly smart. I think it makes us half as smart, you know? We're doubly dumb. You need a fucking bur- you know, you, need a- you don't even know. Anything you used to know, all your phone numbers, you used to know all these numbers, you used to just memorize things at the drop of the hat because you needed to. Now you don't. And that's better. Now you don't. Now you have a, um, a surveillance device slash wiretap slash snitch. That, and it's so entertaining, but also seductive. It's like a drug dealer. It's like your, um, it's your own personal drug dealing entertainer, right? who's also like your consigliere and your deepest confidant. You can write all your secrets in me. You could film all your private parts. Don't even worry. I won't, I won't sh- share it. I mean, I am. I, it's already shared. I already shared it. You should know this is all being shared. Everything. Not only that, I'm recording everything you're doing and learning how to you know, sell you stuff or just use it to make you do stuff that people who pay a lot of money to me that's the other thing. The phone is actually getting money from other people. I mean, right? Like, you you think this is your friend, your confidant. You think you can rely on it. But it's getting paid on the side to rat you out. You ever thought about that? The phone was like a member of the mob. You'd have to whack him. That's a rat. Right? Yet you put that rat in your pocket. You put this rat in your pocket. You take it with you. You treat that rat like a baby. Right? We used to stick babies in front of fires, right? Then we put the fire in a box. Now we put the boxes in front of babies. 
now we've all grown up to be big babies. Big babies with rats in our pockets. We won't even turn them in, you fucking baby. Oh, what do I do? You treat the phone like your baby. Imagine, have you ever left your house without your phone? You're like, oh, my God. Right? Not without my baby. You go back, grab the phone. Oh, thank God. Meanwhile, the phone is telling, you know, all the um, major corporations, yeah, I think he's going to be looking for a car soon. Yeah, he's looking at cars. You know, he's like fucking, yeah, I'm pretty sure he put... He put at least a couple grand into a bank account. Right, you better. You, I think he's in the market to buy, right? He's really into um, granny porn for some reason. He really likes watching grandmas getting railed. Like he's just telling everybody, telling everybody this stuff. Is that your friend? That's your friend, your confidant, the fire in your pocket, right? The fire in your pocket behind the screen that you're staring at, giving you warmth, giving you comfort, yet behind your back it's fucking airing out all your dirty business it's just fucking did you know did you know that you fucking can't even masturbate to the end of a porn like you know like just uh <laughs> i'm bringing up porn example because it's look people use this shit for porn people use this shit for all this stuff thinking we're not even caring that they're being surveilled constantly that it could ever be used against you and at this point maybe it's being used for you it's being used to pitch you better things which is great thanks Thanks, buddy. Right? But now, I don't know. Now it's to the point where we are inviting a snake into our midst. It's like the frog and the scorpion. Right? We got a little scorpion on our backs, guys. We're the frog crossing the river. Scorpion jumps on. You're like, I'll take you across, right? I'll take you across, scorpion. The scorpion's like, okay. And then in the middle of the river, the scorpion stings the frog. Right, and the frog is now poisoned, and he's dying. And he's like, "What the fuck did you do that? Now we're both gonna die." The scorpion's like, "Bitch, I'm a scorpion." Yeah, and that's what we have. We have little, little, little fucking scorpions in our pockets, little vipers, right? And we're just like, "Yeah, no, this is this is fine. It's my friend." Are you sure that's your friend? It's it's ratting on you. Imagine you had a friend that was just going around telling everybody all your shit. And then saying, hey, you want to really fucking get him to buy your stuff? This is what you do. This is we you really, you know, I don't know. Personally, I don't think that's a friend. Okay. You know, that's why I, I think it's gotten to the point where, you know, look at all the COVID testing. Everybody's like, we're so data obsessed, right? We're so obsessed with this idea that we need to know now. We need to know now. Like, I feel like, like, if you think of how bonkers taking a COVID test is, Right. Imagine back before COVID when you got a cold. Did you have to take a test to find out if you had a cold? If you had the flu? Like what? I mean, maybe you did if you went to the doctor, but most mostly you did you just knew if you were sick or not. You did taking a COVID test now is like googling, "Am I sick?" Hot computer, computer, "Am I sick?" Computer and the computer's like scanning now. Yes. <laughs> like that that's and we're like, oh, God, I'm sick now, right? And the thing is, we have all this technology. We have all this external stuff. We have the fire in the box, the second brain. We have all this stuff. Oh, wow, we're so advanced. But the thing we don't have is um, simple mind control, simple understanding of our own psychology, of how the brain works, of how the mind works. Uh, something like the placebo effect. Why does it exist? Why is that when you have a drug trial, up to a third of the people will just have the effect? Right when they're being told that oh this pill will make your heart pressure go heart 
you know, blood pressure go down. And it does, even though it's the sugar pill. Why does that happen? Regularly, it's just dismissed by people. People are like, ah, it's not. people. A lot of people just go, I'm not like, I'm not a sucker. I'm not like, not understanding that it has nothing to do with you being retarded or you being a genius or anything. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with how the mind works and how powerful the mind is. Instead of being like, ah, you would rather that your mind had no power over your body. Like, why would you deny the placebo effect? You know, all of science pretty much denies the placebo effect. Like, ah, it's not important. Instead of being like, no, wait, hold on. This means we don't even need a thing, a drug to make people, you know, get better or do this. Like, you could just tell them, you could just basically make them feel better and they will. That's a real thing. So imagine now, you know, with that limited knowledge of our own brains, having a surrogate brain, having a second brain. We barely understand our own brains without even understanding how that brain is actively manipulating us. And since we do have something like a placebo effect, you know, we could be feeling sick. We could be feeling more and more ill just because of the mere suggestion, which is what I think happened, you know, at the start of the um, the lockdowns, at the start of the pandemic, at the start of all of that stuff. Everybody's freaked out. The entire world is freaked out, you know. And if there is a placebo effect where just by thinking you're going to get sick, you will get sick. I can imagine tons of people around the world got sick because they were told they were getting sick. Plus, they were taking a test. That was, now that we know, like 99% inaccurate. They're getting a test. And the test would tell them you're sick. And they'd be like, oh, I'm sick. And you'd freak out. And you'd have this whole feedback mechanism of people believing they're sick because they're being told they're sick, further confirmed by these fake tests, right, that they were told to take to Google if they were sick, right? And then Google's like, yeah, you're sick. And they go, oh, I'm sick. I don't see this getting anywhere that's good for humanity. I mean, at this point, we will all be... Pretty suggestible to uh, commercials. Pretty suggestible to our media. You know, the fucking news has lied to us our entire lives. And every time there's a big story, we believe them. Right. That's just we're just kind of trained. We're all we're social creatures. We're also good inside. So we, we don't believe that these people would lie to us or steal from us or do anything nefarious. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Don't they love us? Don't they love us like our parents love us? <laughs> do your parents love you all right um anyway i guess i'll wrap up here i mean you know that's one of the things i've been thinking about it's like how obsessed we are you know we're all obsessed with data as if that data really matters in the real world it only matters if you take action with it otherwise you're just filling yourself up with data it's all this information that is not doing anything. Also, keep in mind there's a placebo effect. So even though if that data may or may not may be neutral, maybe you think it's neutral, there's still an effect. There's still a sub-subconscious, there's like a subconscious attachment emotionally to every piece of information that comes in. I don't think you can help it unless you're like autistic or a robot or a sociopath or something. You know, like we're emotional beings. So every piece of information that comes in is tied to a piece of emotion. Yet it's coming in so fast, we can't even keep track of the emotions. We don't even understand our own brains. We don't even understand how good and bad things, suggestible things, affect our actual well being. We don't understand any of that. Yet we're allowing this thing to just run amok on our brains and our bodies and our attention, right? Our sense of wonder our sense of development, the entire entire generations of children getting dumber. I mean, I'm as dumb as I could be because of the TV. 
I could be way smarter. I could have read more books. I could have done a lot more things instead of just watching lots of TV. Yet I did. Now imagine the TV. I mean, if I had a tiny TV that I could take with me everywhere, Jesus Christ. Yeah? I'd catch up on a lot of TV, that's for sure. <laughs> right? So, I don't know. So anyways, I think um, it's good to unplug once in a while. I feel like that's what I needed to do. I think I felt too plugged in. The internet, too plugged in. Not like I'm podcasting so much that I'm so plugged in. I, I don't mean that way. I just mean in the day-to-day. I'm just getting up, looking at my phone, going to sleep, looking at my phone. The phone's everywhere, even though I know I should be doing this. You know? But anyway. Um, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, you can know it. You know, it's like sugar, right? You know sugar's bad, but it's there, and you want it, and it's going to be good. And, you know, once in a while, it's fine. But should you always be eating it? No. So, again, we rack a discipline, and that's really what it's about, <laughs> right? It's, uh, and I feel like that discipline is probably taught at a young age. Probably back in the day when we sat there staring at a fire, listening to a story, we'd learn lessons, right? Lessons of patience, lessons of perseverance, right? Lessons, you know, lessons, heroes. You talk about people that you want to look up to, do things, did things for people, and then you want to be like that. You know, it's all suggestion, sure. It's all a form of hypnosis and uh, placebo, like I'm saying. But maybe back then it was more productive in terms of uh, human development. Because, you know, from the caveman times to right before we got all this stuff, pretty good development got pretty far maybe not so much development on the spiritual side and not so much development on understanding the mind and the brain and nature of consciousness and what it means to be alive none of that stuff but we got we could put we put the fire in a little box huh Ah. Eh? we haven't turned lead into gold yet but we put the fire in the box everybody's got their own little fire right i think by putting the fire inside of a box outside of yourself you are possibly taking your fire inside of you and putting it in a little box. Putting it in a cage. You're caging your fire. We have to uncage your... <laughs> uh, I'm going to now become a self-help podcast where I uncage your fire. That's what I'll call it. Uncage your... <laughs> I'm coming for Robert Kiyosaki. It's uncage your fire. Fire dad, phone dad. That's what... <laughs> fire dad fire dad would put me in front of the fire and tell me stories about the olden times about the ancient wisdoms that's passed along his people phone dad would just stick a phone for me and tell me to, to ask chat gpt why donald trump is racist um anyways i think i'll maybe i'll i'll talk about that next time ai something like that anyways thank you very much for listening to the rosa kib cast to my morning ramble um, I hope you can follow me on Twitter at Rojan Kim. Follow me on the Fountain app at Rojan Kim. You can follow me there. You can get sat streamed Satoshi's Bitcoin. Huh? Stream to you for listening to this. It's like they're paying you to listen to me. I don't know why. I mean, I'm not going to stop them, but that's anyway. So, um, yeah, feel or if you don't like have you know you don't like bitcoin or if you don't have it or whatever the fuck just uh you can find me on apple spotify uh, google whatever your favorite podcast platform thank you so much for listening 